Hi, you're listening to Ministry of Self, a podcast where we talk about the importance of understanding the self, how others can influence who you are and why our emotions drive everything. The Ministry of Self will discuss many and varied aspects to allow you, our listener, to assess and, if necessary, reshape your emotional life. I'm Jen Cromedy and I'm joined by emotional intelligence practitioner Mike Martin. Welcome to Ministry of Self. Hello and uh, welcome to episode six of Ministry of Self. Uh, this will be the last episode in this first series. So Mike and I have just been having a little chat before we pressed record about, um, you know, what people have been saying, some of the feedback, early feedback that we've been getting, you know, what what we might do to help people reach out to us. Um, so all of that hopefully will come to fruition as we progress. But I think what was important for us is to make sure that as we have released and will release these episodes that we give people a chance to ask questions so perhaps um, look out for information about that but um, as I said Mike and I were talking and part of what we'll try and do today is is draw some threads together really mm. and in this sixth episode so I might hand over to Mike to just kick things off. Yeah thanks Jen. Um, part of all this the important part we've done uh, five Podcasts and relating to all sorts of different things and different ideas that we can have a look at. But to tie all that together, there is a great need for us to have a voice. Um, without that, I think uh, all that we learn probably can fall on deaf ears. But there's a few things about a voice we need to think about. First of all, the question is, do you have a voice? Are people really listening to you? And how do people see us if we don't have a voice? Uh, could it be that we have never had one really and we allow others to be our voice. And it's an interesting thing to think about because also too there's different sorts of communication with a voice. Sometimes we can talk inside our own head uh, and we're really having a conversation with ourselves rather than our audience. So just something to think about to make sure that you are projecting your thoughts and ideas to the audience that you're with. That could be a one-on-one, -on -one, could be a group. So I raise the question, Jen, do we really have a voice? Have we really thought about it? A lot of time we talk, this talk for talk's sake. And, and a lot of the time that uh, really it goes nowhere, it's just like a courteousness and things like that. But that's not very good if we have real things to talk about, if we have really important things to talk about. And we need to understand how our voice really works. So say in a disputed situation... We can argue, uh, we can talk about our differences, we can do that, but how's it coming across? Do we use a, an angry tone? Uh, do we use a, a submissive tone? How do we go about making our point without really uh, upsetting the apple cart and the, end, and the end game, which is to communicate in a way that you really do achieve what you're after? We've talked a lot about uh, self, we've talked about how we become ourselves, how to understand ourselves, and that's great. But at some point, you need to start talking about how those feelings are coming across now in your words and how they're being accepted by others. And I think, Jen, everyone's got a voice, but I've known people over a lot of years, very intelligent people, they have pretty silent voices, and I can tell 
that they're not talking when they need to talk. I can tell when they're holding things back. And I can also tell that it's either upsetting them or not upsetting them at times. So my question is to everyone, uh, next time you have a conversation, prepare for it. Think about it for a moment. Take your time and articulate exactly what you're feeling through the words that you have assigned to those thoughts and to make sure that you're being listened to and to do that, always have a few questions waiting to make sure they're listening to you. Try and make the conversations nice and short and specific but also at that time ensure yourself that they are listening to you by their uh, responses to you and to make sure that you're being respected when you talk. As per usual, I've got multiple things going through my mind. I'll kick off with the last thing that um, came to mind was I was uh, at a cafe on the weekend with men having Mm -hmm. a chat and it's meant to be a bit of a uh, chat about politics essentially but uh, there was one gentleman who was talking a lot and I was trying to engage with my eyes and but this person would not look at me while they were talking Mm. and I was intrigued because by the time the conversation kept going let's say the dialogue to me I had all I had all this time to kind of well he's not looking at me he's not asking me what I think are engaging with me and all the time when you talked about this idea of having an inner dialogue and then being able to read when people have something to say and they're not, it was completely vacant in mm-hmm. this person to the point I was looking across and I think other people could see that <laughs> this person was mm-hmm. just going on and on and they were trying to engage as well. Now that might be on a very peripheral level but I find that when I'm engaging with someone, it's not just because you talked about language in another episode, so it's what you say. Mm. Then today you're talking about voice and tone, how you say it, your pace. But to me it's also the physicality of the expressiveness and, and the things you're doing to talk to someone. So I feel like over the years I've been able to read that a bit better I think the thing is, as you say, if people have all of these things, they might want to say, what is stopping them as well? Because you, you, you physically feel it when you aren't saying what you think. I think, Jenny, our best thoughts are probably not spoken about if they come up against a confidence that's not as strong. And you're describing a person uh, having coffee that doesn't listen and can't afford to listen uh, because they might be challenged. And they're not ready for a challenge. So they just talk through inside their own head. Uh, People who do that haven't got an audience. They've just got a group of people sitting around having coffee, but they haven't got an audience. And that's a pity because they may have good things to say. But in order to have a great voice, you need great confidence and great self-esteem because you've got to be able to articulate properly without fear and with courage and to stick to your point and to be a person who won't concede. And uh, using good voice, tone and great language is the way to do that. Mm. If you become argued against, that's okay. Use the same voice to pose your position again. Ask for feedback on what they're saying to you to get a clear idea of where they're coming from because there could be a motive in their attack. So the thing is not to concede. Uh, You don't need to use yelling and screaming the, the most powerful voice is a silent, hypnotic voice. 
that is very hard to ignore and uh, you can't push people off their game if you're using a slow hypnotic type voice because uh, it's almost eerie to a point for the listener who you're asking to uh, present their idea to you and you're asking in a quiet way. Um, because I'm not jerking around the voice, I don't give them any outs but other than to uh, answer the question I'm asking them. Mm. Can I talk about women for a moment? Yes. So this has also been part of my journey as a woman in, you know, let's say high-powered boardrooms where sometimes I'm the only woman or there might be one other. <clears throat> and I was reading research years ago, it really threw me actually, which said that when people think about authority, they think about male, uh, lower voice and and almost subconsciously, not sure, but almost subconsciously people when they hear a lower voice immediately equate that to authority. So here's me mm. in my, let's say, late 20s or in my 30s, forging a career, working with a lot of older men uh, and thinking about my voice, like literally is my voice part of the issue? So I've probably tried a few things over the years but I just wanted to put that out there because part of me goes, okay, it is better in a way to think about what you're going to say obviously, think about how you're going to say it, slow down. I can be a little bit <laughs> quick sometimes but at the same time I'm thinking – We've got a situation where there's this inbuilt, I'll say, prejudice or subconscious viewpoint that when we hear a male voice, we automatically think of authority more than we do when we mm. hear a higher pitched female voice. So I thought I'd put that out there for the yeah. women who might be listening that it's a challenge for us. It, it certainly is. And uh, I agree with that totally. Uh, we need to understand that what we see is authority is historical. What is actually the case is not that. I mean, I find that uh, people who really are great conversationalists, they do take their time and no matter what voice they're listening to, whether it be perceived authority or not, you're still getting cut through because of the way you're articulating. And don't forget that the sound of our voice and our delivery uh, relates to how much stress is in our uh, presentation if we're going quickly there's always elements of stress uh, and if we're going and we're speaking in an uncertain tone there could be elements of stress so it gets down to that ability to communicate no matter whether they be authority whether they be family whether they be friends but systematically you can do anyone a favor by slowing them down by your pace but to stick to the truth of the argument too and don't let arguments get out to the side, out to the right and left and become anything but mm -hmm. the true context of your conversation. So I take your point about authoritarian voices. I don't know if they go to the bathroom or practice it each day before they go to work, but uh, that's, that's nothing but uh, a complete and utter con to me that they've been able to do this. So you have a... A man in a in a strong position with a, a strong voice uh, is anything other than the, the insecurity that it really is. Because to me, when I'm listening to people, I listen to that silence almost before they speak. I'm listening to the deeper internal thoughts that are coming through their voice. It's lovely to listen to. So how can you articulate and talk about emotions without a voice? How can you talk about your self-esteem? How can you talk about what your dreams are? If you can't speak 
at a level that relates to that need. I think uh, we absolutely don't appreciate enough how powerful we are when we are in great conversation with the people who want to listen to us and want to learn our ways for them. And to me, um, it's the it's the heartfelt people that only talk in few words to make a point about how you want to support someone, how you want to listen to someone, are the ones that make you feel good as a listener as well as a person who talks. Yeah, I'm, I'm also then reflecting on conversations I've had with people in um, recent times and particularly if it's one-on-one. I mean, this was a situation where there was a few people but um, there have been times obviously where I'm talking to people one-on-one and there seems – it's like almost the air changes mm. and the way they feel is is really heightened and it's because you're talking about – I'll say real things. Mm. You're really not just talking about peripheral things and not saying you can't have banter or – you know, small talk that people talk about in the business sense. But what I've found is that as soon as you have a conversation on a different level, that energy shifts and I come away and, again, I'm not sure if you said this on a podcast or not, but you said something to me recently which was when we look back, it's not about time, it's about moments. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me and I've been thinking about that now for a few weeks and – it's when you meet someone. It's not like I've got an hour to talk to you. It's the the moment that's created during that period of time. It's what stays and it's what stays assumedly with them as well. For every hour that you appoint uh, to listen to somebody, it's really only about 10 minutes mm. in real terms if you do it the right way. And I agree that having fun and small talk is very important. Uh, but then when you lead into, listen, what I really wanted to talk about, if you don't mind, I'd just like to get your opinion uh, about this, if that's okay. Uh, you're you're really committing the other person to listen to you. So the question is, how do you get people to listen to you? And that is to make sure there's Q&A. Make sure there's questions and answers in your conversation because then that makes it a disciplined conversation about something important. For those who just present and put it out there, their position without getting any feedback as to its authenticity or not, that's where the hour comes from versus the 10 minutes. And the other thing about uh, voice too is uh, people will tune out very quickly. They'll look at you as if they're really interested in what you're saying, but you know they're subconsciously somewhere else. So it's the skill of being able to bring that subconscious back into the conscious whilst you're having a conversation as well. Uh, There isn't any way that we can ever be sure that we're really being listened to. But you can certainly help the possibility by making sure that you're talking clearly, uh, not in riddles, have clarity, but arrange a few questions uh, as you go along to make sure that at least they're getting your key point. Because again, Jen, I say that we're a very distracted uh, human race. The minute we start talking about something, we usually think, well, I've got to do something else in an hour's time and I just need to get this conversation out of my head. If it's important to you, make the person listening accountable. Be very kind in your delivery but ask for feedback, ask for input as you go along to make certain that they're not leaving that conversation uh, in any other way than to be clear about what you're saying. 
So there's an artfulness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, a few things um, that have come into my mind was in a, another conversation and it challenged me because it's a very typical conversation that often happens, um, particularly because people know I've worked in lobbying for a while and they get very frustrated with government, right? So we could talk about the conversation people have about their frustrations with government, but this person was accusatory of nothing's happened, this is wrong, and it's this sort of constant, it's very hard to find room because there's obviously, in my view, pretty simple things that I think most people are aware that is wrong, let's say, whether it's the health system or the transport system or Mm. let's say the buses in rural street in Geelong, if we're going to be really local. Um, And so when I have these conversations with people, I think the first thing I think of is, look, you know I've got a history in navigating government, so I understand why you might want to share your frustration with me but it's trying to navigate the conversation back to what can we actually do that's going to be sustainable or create impact what I found hard was the it wasn't just the tone of voice it was the constant uh berating I know can I just say I know I'm Mm. looking at Mike (laughs) saying Mm. I I know where that person like what the issues are that are driving that frustration 100% I can't necessarily tackle that but I understand why it's just that you get put in a situation where there's just a whole lot of words coming at you and I just sort of go okay there's some things I could say but you know do you want to have a real conversation about this Mm. you know or not because there's nowhere for me to go look absolutely and and people are sort of accusing and saying this can't work and that can't work are the ones that aren't really thinking about it themselves they've got no contribution to make so therefore, they're the ones that I always sort of say, well, okay, well, I take your point, but uh, can I please get your view on this? Can I get you to run through exactly what you would do here? Because obviously and clearly you don't believe that I'm I'm getting there, so I'm, I'm really happy to engage you in this conversation to help us get to, to work to get an outcome here. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I will jump in and say we did end up having that conversation and what's really clear is that time and time again people come up with what I would say is uh, aggressive, uh, very one-way, uh, aka just get rid of them or this person is just hopeless, my solution is they go. Mm. So there's these quite uh, simplistic solutions let's say which aren't solutions because Mm. the reality is that's not what's going to happen in that circumstance i think keeping the ones that argue to me probably would be the ones i'd keep and i think (laughs) i'd get rid of the ones that agree with me because i just wanted to finish Mm. um the other thing jen's interesting talking one-on-one uh talking to small groups and talking to big groups uh i don't think the principles change too much in terms of delivery, mm. but bearing in mind that if you've got a, a group of sort of 20, you might get six or seven listening, the rest might be half interested, depends on whether it's relative to them or not. But it's still the same thing. Uh, to put it out there, even a group, uh, throw out some questions and almost nominate people in the group that you know can answer 
to come back with answers. And that seems to engage others in it because they think, oh, I'm going to get asked a question in a moment, so I better start listening again. So it's just the way in which you engage groups versus the way one-on-one becomes almost an emotion to an emotion if you're talking about something important. A small group is a group where you can sort of uh, cast your eye around and get some views about different things. So no matter no matter where we are, we're bigger groups, smaller groups or one-on-one, it's still very important to make sure that you're getting back what you need to get. Now, in big groups, I've always almost nominated people before a meeting that I'm going to come to you. I need you to help me get this through. This is important. You and I agree it's important. So if I throw to you, mate, can you please uh, have something ready for me? And, uh, and then we can then throw around a room to get a bit more. We need to get a consensus here. Uh, the, the, the big thing about voices to me and the biggest waste of time can be at meetings. Now, the voices at meetings are usually hierarchical or the ones who sit in silence and disagree because they don't want to or maybe they don't even like you. Meetings to me are a perfect opportunity to slow things down, uh, to have agendas that have real outcomes to them and, and make them very short meetings. Because why we have meetings, I still don't know, Jen. I just don't know the purpose of them. I think it's just because it's on the agenda and it's always the way we've done things. To me, if you've, got a, if you've got something really important that you need to discuss with someone, go to the source. Go to the main people, discuss it with them. If it's got to go any further than that, well, why? Why is it relevant? Uh, so, uh, again, uh, getting back to our main uh, need here is to understand our voice is a reflection of our personality. It's a reflection of our courage. It's a reflection of how we go about things that are difficult. And if you trust yourself enough, you have to say the things that are really in your gut, not the things that just come out of your mouth. Because to me, uh, so many things don't get solved because we just don't back ourselves enough. And do we have to be right? Like we said, no, we don't. We don't have to be right. That just gets to the way in which we articulate and says, I want to put something out there to you. I need to get your feedback. I've got an idea. I think it's important, uh, but I don't know if I'm right or not. So can you please help me understand this because I'm going to proceed with it uh, in, in a couple of days' time. So what you say to me now through your voice is very important to this outcome. So you just keep engaging people in the right way, like we've said in other podcasts, and uh, make certain that uh, if you're really confident about your idea, put it out there confidently. You may learn something from some feedback, but what you won't, what you don't need is a silent group agreeing with you before you implement something you may not be certain about. So I'll go back to things you were saying earlier, which you've explained a bit more about preparation. Mm-hmm. And so if there's, and let's pretend there's a meeting that's effective <laughs> that is trying to have an outcome because I know what you mean about meetings that don't seem to go anywhere. I feel like I'm reasonably adept at structuring meetings and agendas that have an outcome, not always, but enough. So when you talk about preparation, so you said two things. One was you might go to someone who you say, look, I'm going to throw to you and I'd really appreciate that you give me, whether it's your advice, support, view, uh, you know, I think that's a great, let's say, strategy when you're trying to get a discussion going. But then you said equally, 
if someone's coming in from a position of authority, you might have some people who don't like you. You might have some who quietly agree because they're afraid not to, you know, or afraid to argue. I think it's just exploring that a little bit more so that if, uh, you know, you're an executive or you're not or you're someone in an organisation where, yes, you have that idea, what is the best way, firstly, of um, potentially identifying the people who can be your, I don't know, not co-conspirator, but the person who can speak up, but equally identify those who may be quiet because there's some fear that they have? Yeah, a good question. Uh, I've always gone and done some pre-work with those I know can help. Even those who disagree with me, Jen, I've gone and said, okay, I, I know we're not on the same page. With, we're about to talk about it on a fairly big scale for the organisation. So can you can you raise your disagreement again so we can work together to get a solution? Yeah, flush it out. Yeah, flush yeah. it out because mm. you, you might have a better idea than me. Uh, for those who aren't talking, I think, I've always sort of been subtle enough to say, look, uh, uh, you've got an idea, I think, about it. We've have, we have spoken about this before and your input's been really good. Uh, I know you're not really saying much about it, but can I try and articulate what I think you mean by your idea? And if I get that wrong, can you pull me up on it? So getting people heard, because some people find it difficult, Getting people heard is to know their view and to articulate on their behalf and then thank them for it. Now, usually when you do talk in familiar territory for that person, they will talk because they're in safe territory and they know they're supported for their idea. That's just another way in which communication works really well. It's like when you're representing a group to another group. You have to be really clear about and balanced about what the group thinks. Now, if there's five in a group and there's two with different ideas, I always say, look, there's a couple of people in this group that don't agree with this and they don't agree because of A, B and C. The rest of us are pretty good with this idea but the people who disagree with us now become valuable because can I just put it out to this group? Have they got a point and are we missing something? It's the communication geniuses who work this way, Jen, cannot get themselves into bother. They just can't. I'm reflecting on uh, examples where I've gone into meetings where, uh, you know, I might have an idea that I'd like to share, but equally there's some in the group who in the past have had issues, let's say, whether it's with me or in my ideas, mm. whatever it might be, and not even that long ago uh, someone was explaining an idea they had and... I actually thought it was a really valid idea, but it was the person who's often had an issue with me. So I consciously and actually authentically repeated it and said, I think this is fantastic and I just want to let you know that I totally am on board. You know, this is now what, what I think about X, Y, Z. And it changed the nature of that mm. relationship. I don't think they expected me yeah, to exactly. call out how great their idea mm. was. And I think it's – and this is just me talking about – a journey I've been on but I mean I, I did it knowing the history but I also did it knowing this isn't hurting me this isn't challenging me I'm not um, worried necessarily about a negative attitude coming back to me but it just immediately changed everything yeah look that, that's true I, I mean I, I think it's a great idea to to get your adversaries together in one group and have a disagreement meeting 
<laughs> Getting back to the voice, again, how you articulate quite gently and the mm. tone says, listen, we, we don't really agree on this, but it's a pretty big deal for us all. Mm. I just wonder if we can get some middle ground. My version of middle ground, by the way, is high ground, not just average. So if you have a conversation, listen, we don't agree on this, do we? So you can set up a really good environment that we don't like each other much, do we? Mm. But I'll tell you what, I don't like to ask, but I'll tell you I have to because your expertise in this area is a bit better than mine. So so come on, uh, can, can would you mind helping me understand what you think I don't understand here before we go ahead and, and put this document in place that's very important to the outcome? I love ad- adversaries, Jen. They, they make the world go round. They do. It, it's what they disagree with makes you think. And they're your friends, really. I mean, don't forget, they're just disagreeing with them. They don't necessarily not like you. But the facts are that where do you go without them? Do you go with security of knowing you've had some real fights to get to the outcome through their input? Or do you just silence them and ignore them and go with something that's not the product you want to put out there and therefore draw attention to yourself is, is to put something together that's not relative to your talent? Um, we're almost at half an hour, would you believe? So, uh, and not that we've been overly political at all, but it no. is the work that I've been involved with for years. What I would love is if there was a way in the political realm that this could be mm. used. Can you imagine? Because there's people who are really disenfranchised with politics because they feel like it's us versus them and just because the other side said it, I'm just going to oppose it, right? Mm. So this is a live issue yeah. right now. Imagine if those, let's say, in opposition or have a different view, used the language you had, which is, hey, I know we're coming from different places, yeah. but maybe I could learn something from you. How about you help me understand this? Mm-hmm. And we, I, I just think it would t- completely transform the political landscape. Uh, I'd love to hear an opposition leader do that because to me it puts pressure where it belongs. If an opposition said, look, oh, I think, your idea about doing A, B and C, look, they're pretty good ideas. There's just a couple of things that I'd like to think about on behalf of uh, all the constituents that I have and people in general. Uh, What about A, B and C? Uh, Would you mind articulating your thoughts about that when you put your program together? Would you mind adding these things in to have a think about on behalf of so many people that I know? And to me, I would they would get my vote in a heartbeat. Mm. And if I ever got a politician that said, no, look, I don't know, I will vote for them as well. <laughs> because yeah. we don't know no. most of yeah. the time. Uh, so considering this is the last episode of this particular series, uh, I just want to firstly thank you, Mike, because, <laughs> because we have known each other for a while, but to have uh, these conversations recorded and it's not purely about me but you know Mm. just having the chance to listen again and think about it and have the ability to go back and reflect uh, has been fantastic for me and I hope other people uh, have benefit from it too but uh, I also know that this is part of a journey that I think will hopefully yield results for several many who knows how many people but that uh, you know personally I've found it really helpful and enriching so thank you oh thanks jen i'll just finish by saying that the talent that lies deep within us belongs to us it's time to bring it to the surface be courageous um say what you mean do what you do and become you because therefore if you do it everyone around you will do it it's uh, i've always been 
uh, a very high supporter of courage, uh, getting it wrong to get it right, but mostly let people know uh, who you are deep down, that lovely quality that you have as a human being. Uh, as soon as that surfaces, nobody loses around you and you certainly don't. You can progress your life from there. Well, thanks, Mike. And uh, as per normal, please, if you've got a question or you want to reach out, there's some details uh, in the blurb around each podcast. So I'd like to thank you for listening and hopefully we'll hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Ministry of Self podcast. Mike and I believe that it's for all of us to think about who we really are or what we can become if we're emotionally strong and fulfilled. The gifts accorded to us such as creativity, skills, beliefs and strengths are all much more enhanced when linked to our healthy emotions. If you're interested to reach out, you can contact us via links in this podcast description. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you keep listening to the Ministry of Self podcast. Thank you.